I see, I see um, signs on um, Google and different things. And I guess I guess they're doing social experiments. I'm not sure. Um, but it says, "I believe this." Prove me wrong. You ever seen that? So I believe this. Prove me wrong. They'll set up a table, and people can come. Can y'all hear me? Okay. Sounds a little lower than normal. Is it good? Sounds good. Okay. As I'm sitting over here, the Lord's just sweeping into the room. How many of y'all felt Him come in? A thought just came to my mind that I'm convinced that most people see Jesus as an experiment, a membership, and a religion. And he's not. Prove me wrong. He is not something that you experiment with. He's not a hobby. He's not a religion. He's a king. But more than that, he wants to be your very best friend. Now, some of you all struggle with that because you see relationship as experiment. You're just experimenting. See if this one will work. See if this will work. I'm just going to try this. Well, that didn't work, so I'm going to go on to something else. You see relationship as religion, something you can jump in and out of, and you only get to use it when you need it. But he's much more than that for you. I'm not mad at you, you're just wrong. When you see him as an option, you're wrong. People are wrong every day and I'm not mad at them for being wrong. So I'm not mad at you. But you're just wrong. He is not an option. And you don't get to have your opinions about him. Because he is. And there's great news because there's nothing you can do that's going to change who he is. He's going to stay the same. And whether you figure it out now or at the end of your life, you're going to figure out that you're wrong. That he is the only reason for the breath in your lungs. He's the only reason you're here. Even if you came for another reason, your reason's wrong and you're here for him, even if you don't want to be.
So you can go to the beach all that you want and never get in the water, but you're still there because the water's there. You can say you're not there for the water as much as you want, but the fact is if the water wasn't there, you wouldn't be there. And just like the ocean, Jesus isn't changing. You can go to that beach all you want and try to convince that ocean to change, and it's not going to. You're too small. You can't affect something that big that way. Now you can pollute it, but it'll still be the ocean. It's not going to change the fact that it's an ocean. You can kill what's inside of it, but it'll still be the ocean. You can sit down. Give me, give me 20 minutes of your time this morning. I'll let you get back to your lives. Go ahead and look to your neighbor and say, there's more. Look to him again and tell him again. There's more of him than you could ever imagine. But I'm going to try to experience the more of him. Not as an experiment, but as a relationship. Anything that's wrong in my life, I want him to point it out. See, that's where most of you all mess up. You want him to change what's wrong with you, but don't tell me what's wrong with me. Lord, I want you to do it for me, but I don't want to have to do it for myself. Lord, just come and just, I just wish you would just come, Lord, and just rip it out of me as if it never was. Right? But that's not relationship. And although you are a slave to Jesus, it's not that kind of slave. He's a great master. And he simply loves to put his finger on things that are separating you from him and then teach you how to walk out of those things. He's not going to do it for you. Can he? Yes. But there's nothing greater to the Lord than watching his creation choose the creator. This is why we get so excited when our kids love us. 
because we had a part in making them. And there's nothing, nothing greater for a mom and a dad than watching their children choose them. I don't have any kids, okay? There's nothing greater than when you pick up a puppy and you raise it to age and no matter what you do to it, it still chooses you. It's a great thing. It's a great thing to have something inside of creation choose you. This is what he wants. He wants to see you choose him. Every second of every day, every option that you have to not choose him, he's believing that you will choose him. I was, I was really, really aggressive this morning. I was really, really aggressive. And as I was writing out my notes this morning, I wrote at the top, don't be aggressive. Encourage them. Well, Brother Andrew, why, why was you so aggressive? Because I want you all to get this. And I know what we can do if you will. There are religions out there. And you can try them. But you can't try Jesus. If you think you can try Jesus, you never knew him. Because he can't be tried. He's not an experiment. You can't come and just check out the waters. If you think you went to a place where Jesus supposedly was and you just checked out the waters, he wasn't there. He might have been there for others, but he wasn't there for you because you never opened your heart to fully receiving. I'm not saying that you go to churches and Jesus isn't there. I'm saying you don't experience the Jesus that's there because you're limiting the Jesus that you're going to experience because you came for an experiment. But we also say at the same time that the most dangerous thing you can do is try Jesus. Because if you truly step in and open your heart for just one moment and you truly yield, you'll never be the same. Well, how come you won't take my addiction? How come you won't give it to me? How come you won't take my problems? How come you won't give it to him? Brother Andrew, I can't stop worrying. What has worrying ever got you? Y'all lose sleep over not being able to pay bills and you wake up the next day and your bills still aren't paid. So you lost sleep and your bills still weren't paid. See, this is what I believe when Paul says count it all joy. It's not that the problems aren't real. It's just the problems don't affect who Jesus is. That we have the ability to be in problems, to be in stressful situations, to be in anxious situations, and not worry, not stress, and not be anxious. 
Because if you can come up and tell, and tell me a story of a time that your anxiety, your depression, or your worry fixed the problem, I'll do it with you. Tell me a time where fear fixed the problem. But I can tell you thousands of stories where love did. I can tell you thousands of stories where yieldedness did, submission did. If you stop believing Jesus is an option, then you won't see him as an only option, but you'll see him as the only way. I, I don't I don't personally now for you you can believe whatever you want. I don't personally believe that we can follow Jesus and still worry. Because the moment we begin to worry, we're following worry. We can't follow Jesus and follow doubt. We can't follow Jesus and follow depression. We can't follow Jesus and follow addiction. We can't follow Jesus. Fill in the blank. Because he said you cannot serve two masters. I'm not saying depression's not real. I'm not saying anxiety's not real. I'm not saying worry's not real. Because I see people that struggle with those things. And I can tell you that whatever it is, addiction is real. But you've made it your master. Because I watch depression possess people. I just can't get out of bed. Well, did you ever think about getting out of bed? You say, well, you've you never been in depression, Brother Andrew. No, I have. Yeah, but it's not just as easy as getting out of bed. No, it is. Yeah, but when I got out of bed, there was nothing to make me happy. You need to surround yourself with the right people and get rid of the wrong people. I've watched addicts. I was one. I was an alcoholic. Tried to quit for a long time. But did I really try to quit? I didn't try to quit until I tried to quit. And then I quit. What do you mean by that? Because I knew where to get alcohol. I would say I was trying to quit drinking and I'd go around my buddies that drink. That's foolishness. I'd say I was trying to quit drinking, but I'd go to restaurants that had bars. Go to gas stations that served alcohol. When I decided to quit, I stopped hanging out with friends that were drinking. I stopped going to restaurants that had bars. I stopped going inside of gas stations to pay for my gas. I got rid of all ability for me to be tempted because I had decided to destroy the tempter. I chose it. Well, you don't have it as bad as I do. Okay. I used to tell myself those same lies. It don't have to be an alcohol. It don't have to be a drug. It can be wary. It can be doubt. You love drama. 
You don't feel at home unless there's chaos. And you'll put yourself in circumstances and situations that are chaotic because that's what you've grown to know as home. What if we just build a new one? What if we get rid of everything in our life that makes ourselves feel chaotic? Well, my house makes me feel chaotic because it's a mess. Goodwill, take all your junk. Yeah, but then I won't have anything. If it's making you have chaos, why do you need it? See, you've got to decide that freedom is more important than you feeling like you're free and can do what you want. I did a sermon here a while back that said freedom isn't free. Because freedom actually means a slave to one thing or another. Because true freedom exists in Christ Jesus, but you can't be in Christ Jesus without keeping His commands because He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. So if you can only obey His commands to love Him and only the way to get inside of Him is to be in love with Him, then therefore you have to obey what He said and that makes you a slave to Christ. So freedom isn't free. Freedom is choosing your master. You have to choose. I've had addicts tell me, well, Brother Andrew, you just don't want to be free. Are you free right now? Yeah, I'm free. No, you're not. What do you mean? Can you choose not to go do that cocaine? Are you bound by it? See, it's a horrible thing, but it's also a great thing that history has taught us with the enslavement of African-American people so many, so, so long ago. Because one, one person, and it wasn't just African-Americans, by the way, they, they had all different kinds of races that were enslaved all across time. White people were enslaved at one point. But they would have slave trades, markets, and one guy would own this set of slaves and he would take him to the market and sell them. And so if this guy belonged to this gentleman, but then he sold him to this gentleman, he no longer belonged to that gentleman. He had a new master. Everything that he knew from this master changed because there was a new master. You gotta understand that you need to take yourself to the market and get yourself a new master this morning. Because you've already been bought and paid for. Jesus is just waiting for you to step across the line. See, everything in this word is not just available to some. It's available to all. How come I don't have it? because you haven't stepped into it. You can stand on the outside of the pool all day long and tell people you're in the water and they'll look at you like you're a fool. I'm in the water. No, you're not. No, I'm in it. Look at me. No, you're not in the water. Then they put their toe in. See, I'm in the water. No, you're not. Your toe is. 
You can get in waist deep and say, look, I'm in the water. No, your legs are. Your waist is. Your feet are. You can go down to chest deep and tell them, look, I'm in the water. And they'll say, no, you're not. Just from your chest down is. When you can no longer be seen, now you're in the water. When everything is completely submerged and all they can see is a shadow of what you used to be, now you're in the water. See, this is the problem with American church and it's, it's all across the world, but we're in America, so we're gonna talk about the American church. Religion has convinced you that you could put your toe in and now you're in Jesus. He wants it all. Well, I still want to be me. You don't even know who you are. Because if you knew who you are, then you would probably kick your butt for being so unfree. Because you're so bound by so many things. You have the ability to choose freedom, which means enslavement to the gospel of Jesus Christ. That what the world is doing no longer determines what I'm going to do because I'm going to live by determination of what the gospel says I'm supposed to do. Living the gospel is not an option, nor is it a convenience. It is the highest calling and it must be answered by every believer. If you're not a believer, that's fine, don't answer it. Just stay wrong. You'll find out now or later. Either way, you're gonna find out. Well, how, do you, how are you so convinced that your Jesus is the one true God. I loved a, what a man said one time. They asked him this very question. How are you convinced? He said, well, he said, if you're driving down the road and you come to a fork in the road and you don't know way which, which way you're supposed to go and there's a dead man laying on the road and there's another man standing there that's alive. Which one's you gonna ask directions from? They said, the one that's alive. He said, that's why I follow Jesus. Because he's alive and all other gods are dead. Muhammad's dead. Allah's dead. Buddha is dead. They're dead. Jesus is alive. It's better to get directions from someone that's alive than someone that's dead. Romans 1.1. I'm not going to keep you much longer.
Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God. Paul, a servant, a servant of Jesus. You know, if, if you're raised up by an apostle, most of the time you're probably an apostle. If you're raised up by a prophet, most of the time you're probably a prophet. You're raised up by a pastor, most of the time you're probably a pastor. You're raised up by a teacher, most of the time you're probably a teacher. You're raised up by an evangelist, most of the time you're probably an evangelist. But here's the great thing about being raised up by Jesus. It will always equal servant. Because Jesus walked in all of the fivefold, but decided that servanthood was the highest calling. Paul on the road to Damascus had an encounter with the Messiah. And that one encounter got servanthood into his life. And then from that point on, he introduced himself as a servant of Christ. He said, not only am I a servant, but what word can I come up with? What can I, th what do we have in existence right now that can help me articulate to the people that are going to read this, that not only am I a servant, but I'm bound to servanthood of Jesus Christ. Bond servant that I am bound to serve Jesus Christ. I am bound to be enslaved to a new master and his name is Jesus. He said, I'm bound to be a servant and because I, ch listen, People out there that's going to listen to this on the podcast, people in this room, that you're trying to figure out what office you sit in, what God wants you to do, whatever questions you might have of what direction He's trying to take you. Paul just gave you the answer how to figure that out. He said, I chose to be bound to servanthood, and then when I did that, He called me to be an apostle. I'm convinced that Paul would have been perfectly fine staying in the church, cleaning the toilets, sweeping and mopping the floors, repainting the buildings, serving, serving, serving. Not ever asking for anything. See, servants don't have to be paid. We don't worry about the pay. We're just happy to serve. He said, when I stepped into being enslaved as a servant of Christ, he then called me to be an apostle. 
He chose me. He handpicked me and said, I want you. He said, not only that, he said, I am separated. I am separated. We've, we talk about this quite often. It must be really important to me, at least. If you can't find that it's important to God, it's at least important to me. And I believe I'm right. That you can't go to a restaurant and act like everybody else in the restaurant because you're supposed to be separated, different. You see things differently. You think about things differently. You love people differently. You talk to people differently. See, the thing that separated Christ from all other religious leaders when they sent their guards to pick him up and he opened the door and they talked to him and he talked back to them and they came back empty handed and they said, where is he? He said, no man had ever spoke like this man. It was because he was separated. He was different. He was changed. He was different. Jesus went into the synagogues. He went to the festivals. But he didn't do the festivals like everybody else. Jesus went in separated as a servant of God doing only what he's seen the Father do and only saying what he heard the Father say. And because of that, he got the Father's results. John the Baptist was the same way. You ever read the story where John comes out of the wilderness and he starts baptizing? Have you ever actually stopped to pay attention to how many people came? It says all of Jerusalem and Judea and the surrounding regions came to get baptized by John. Not some of them, all of them. Everyone that lived in Jerusalem, everyone that lived in Judea, and everyone that lived in the surrounding regions came to one watering hole for one man to baptize them. Why would they do that? Because he was separate. There was something different about John. Because he would go to the festivals, but he didn't go to the festivals like everybody else. When he stepped into the room, the festivals changed. He must have knew something. Then he told us about it. He said, there's one coming after me that's greater than I, whose sandal straps I'm not even worthy to touch. And then when Jesus showed up, John the Baptist immediately stepped into servanthood once again. He said, Jesus, you should baptize me. And then Jesus said something awesome. He said, let it be so for now so that we can fulfill all righteousness. 
And I can only hear the heart of John when he just responded, whatever you want, I am your servant. He didn't feel worthy. He didn't feel able. He didn't feel picked. He didn't didn't feel chosen to baptize Jesus Christ. Are you kidding me? There's nobody ever anywhere that Jesus could stand in front of and you would feel qualified to baptize him. It's not about what you feel. It's not what you feel qualified for. It's not what you feel called for. It's about what he said for you to do. When Jesus told John, I need you to do it so we can fulfill all righteousness, John said, done. Not because he felt qualified now, but because he felt obedient to the command that was given. He slipped into servanthood and decided to be bound to serve Jesus Christ. We have to step in to being separated. What are we separated to? Not to the world, not to basketball, not to drugs, not to this building, not to this house, not to this church, not to this pastor. To the gospel, not of Jesus, to the gospel of God. To the gospel of God. We are separated to the gospel, to the gospel of God, not to the Bible. It's to the gospel. Well, I thought the Bible was the gospel. All the gospel can't fit in this book. I mean, the miracles that Jesus did couldn't even fit in all the pages of all the earth. How could the gospel of God fit in one book? Let me make, it under, make you be able to understand it. Think about the person you love the most. And then think about them writing one book that's this size to tell their life story. Can it fit? It won't encompass it all. So how do you get to know them? You have to walk a life with them. You have to be intimate with them every second of every day. If you go to the grocery store without that person for one hour, you just missed an hour of their life. I love the meme on, uh, I don't know, somebody sent it to me. I don't know what platform it's on. There's all kinds of them out there now. But they, they said, do I need Jesus to go to heaven? And they responded. They said, bro, You need Jesus to go to Walmart. You need Jesus to pump your gas. Like, you're talking about, like, come on now. If you need him just to pump your gas, yeah, you need him to go to heaven. But I bring that up because you can't go to the gas station without Jesus. You can't go to family reunion without Jesus. Like we all, we all have that aunt or that grandma. It's all, it was always a woman, at least on my side of the family. That man, she was holy. Everywhere you went, like 
You knew when you got there, Aunt so-and-so was going to tell you about Jesus. And you all thought she was crazy. But she was right. She was separated. I had an aunt, man. I never understood it. Now I do, but I, I didn't then. We, we'd bless the food. And she'd have her hands in it. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And then something would hit her. And I was like, what just hit her? I'm like, what is that? I don't want that. Well, it got me. And I'm glad that it did. Intimacy got me. Relationship got me. It transformed me. It separated me. And it made me bound to servanthood. Let me tell you, personally, I don't want to be here today. I am tired. My team believes that I'm never tired. I'm always tired. Why haven't come? You don't look like it because I don't complain about it like you do. I don't every ten seconds say, "Man, I'm just so tired." Man, my back hurts. Man, my knees hurt. I don't feel good. I don't have time to say that junk. Every time you open your mouth and you spit that out, you're creating a new reality that now you have to live in. I just choose not to live in it. I was in the ER until very, very late last night. Came home, finally got to bed. Then one of my little ones came and got in bed with us. And she sleeps sideways. So I ended up in my prayer closet. I'm tired. I'm hurting. I want to be home. I want some food. I want something to drink. Well, now you're saying all of it. I'm saying it to prove a point. Because it's very rare you're going to hear me say any of this. I don't have a choice. Jesus is not a choice. When I said yes to, when Paul said yes to Jesus on the road to Damascus, it didn't matter if he was in chains, sick, dying, or dead, he was going to preach the gospel. If he's dead, his blood would speak it. That's what the Bible says. It don't matter if I don't want to be here. Because if I hadn't told you that, you never would have known it. Because I am bound to serve Jesus Christ. Whatever He wants me to do, I'm going to do it whether I want to or not. Why? Because I love Him. Because I love Him. Because he called me and I answered. Get rid of your ability to tell him no. Stop lying to yourself about what you're saying is him because it's really you and you want to do what you want to do. 
and you know it. It's the same thing. I want to quit drinking alcohol, but I would go to restaurants that had bars. You don't really want to quit. I wanted to quit drinking alcohol, but I wouldn't get rid of the friends that were drinking alcohol. Those are my friends. You know, many of them have come up to me since I separated myself from them and told me that when I did that, it made them mad at first. They partied a little bit longer, but then one night they began to think about Andrew Riley and wondered where he was. And it gave them the courage to stop too. Not only that, I gave them a footprint of how to be successful in quitting. It's not AA. It does get people free, but I don't know for how long. The only thing that will keep you free forever is separating yourself unto the gospel of Jesus Christ. Like Christians tell me all the time, you don't drink wine, why would I? You don't drink some alcohol every now and then to have a beer? It's not a sin to drink a beer. You're right, it's not. But I believe that holiness has a greater demand. I believe that separatedness has a greater demand. I don't need to enjoy the drink of this world, man. Come spend a week with me. You'll watch me get drunk. In the spirit, we have a great time. Far more greater time than what I ever had at any bar or a party. And here's the best thing about getting drunk in the Holy Ghost. I don't wake up with a hangover in the morning. I get to get blasted goofy, laughing at dumb stuff for hours. And then I finally lift and I feel fine. Alcohol never did that for me. Stand your feet. Jesus, I've done all that I know that I could do to, again, just try to guide them, to pull them even just a little bit further towards the direction of being separated. It's not that I have it all right, Lord. But if I could get just a few more to come with me, we might just figure it out. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for hearts of servanthood falling on this house. Hearts of servanthood, a bond servantness separated unto the gospel of Jesus Christ. They would have a heart posture of whatever you want, Lord, here I am. Use me, keep me, help me, hide me, prepare me, love me, destroy the old me. Help me to be like you. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you're in this room, you can come forward and give him, give him your life. If you've stepped away from him and you need to come back, there won't be no judgment. We will help you. All you gotta do is choose it. All you gotta do is choose it. Just a few more minutes, I'm gonna wait. My team thinks I'm wild because I give altar calls when I know everyone in the room. Spend time with a lot of them, but I don't know what they did in their heart. 
and you all deserve an opportunity to come back home to Jesus. Jesus, we love you and we thank you. We bless your name for you who are holy. Holy, holy, holy. In Jesus' name. Love you guys. Thanks for coming.